You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt McGacky, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Sarp Kesky of Bipolar Architecture. There's this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Happy New Year! To celebrate, today's episode of Fly on the Call, Candid Conversations on Music is highlighting favorite albums of 2019, featuring four awesome guests who will be introducing themselves shortly. Before we get into the show, I just wanted to thank everyone who has supported Fly on the Call this year. I had literally no expectations for the show, and I love how well it has been received so far. I've got big things in the works for 2020, including a conversation with someone I've been dreaming of interviewing since before I even started writing about music. So please stick around and bring all your friends in on it. Thank you to each and every guest for speaking so openly to me and giving the podcast your time. Endless appreciation to The Alternative, who have their own top album list, which goes 75 deep. Thank you to Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. And thank you for listening. You're so appreciated. Here's to a better year ahead. My name is Amanda Starling. I host Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. It's an intersectional feminism podcast that has episodes that come out weekly. We talk to uh, different musicians and industry folk across the independent music community and talk about things that they're excited about, whether it's what they're working on or uh, some of their favorite music or movements, anything like that. And I also write and edit for The Alternative, who just put out the best top albums list ever. That's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, yo. <laughs> I'm uh, Casey Crawford. Uh, I'm in a band called Virginity. Uh, we just put out uh, an album called With Time a little bit earlier this year. Um, I also do stand-up comedy. And uh, is, that, is that it for me? I was we we put out an album this year. It was not on the on the best list ever. <laughs> Major upset oh, for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'm Joel. Um, I spend a lot of time talking shit on Twitter, posting gratuitous selfies on Instagram, and sometimes write for Substream. That's my elevator pit. Hey everyone, my name is Kayla. I write for the Alternative in the Gray States, and I also run the social media for. Um, lost and found booking and touring and I spend a lot of my time between my day job and being embarrassing on Twitter and you know me I'm your gracious host Scott I write for the alternative and host this podcast so everybody listening you should know that this is 1000% mood dependent has nothing to do with any particular ranking for me um so I'll just go through I've been jamming to um at the moment um yeah so this has been a big year for independent music and I would say one of my favorite standouts that I got into this year was Harmony Woods. Uh, Make Yourself at Home was a incredible record. It felt very personal. A lot of uh, 
really awesome unpacking of emotions that are otherwise really difficult, like tackling pain and harsh memories and stuff. But um, yeah, honestly, Sophia Verbella does it better than anybody as far as I'm concerned when it comes to like emo songwriting. The song structure feels familiar for a lot of us who were big fans of bands like Modern Baseball, You Blew It and stuff, but there's like this modern twist on it that's just perfect. Um, but yeah, this record's awesome. Feels like an invitation to just understand and heal from beginning to end. And I mean, my favorite tracks on that, without a doubt, are like Best Laid Plans and Sagittarius, just because there's so much like layered emotional impact throughout it all. Yeah, I think when I heard uh, the Harmony Woods album for the first time, I texted Scott maybe two songs and it was like, I don't know what you're doing, but you have to stop and listen to this record. It's so good. Um, I thought it was a lot like listening to Home Like No Places There for me the first time, just because I was so like blown away by it. I went in with no expectations, didn't listen to the first Harmony Woods album, and was just totally blown away by what Sophia had done with that record. It's beautiful. Yeah, the similar thing as, as uh, Joel, uh, I'd never... I'd never heard of Harmony Woods, but there was a bunch of Twitter hype about it. Specifically, I want to say from from Joel uh, <laughs> yep. and and maybe Scott and a bunch of other people on that one. Yeah, that, that, re- that release day for that was crazy. Like everyone yeah, hopping on it. Was, it. it was it was a big big day, but yeah, it it rocks. Yeah, the Lost and Found Twitter was a very fun place to be on that release day. Just seeing all the love for it was just super awesome and i remember the first time i heard it i was like oh my goodness like i was just sitting in bed with my mouth open it was so incredible i had never heard harmony woods before that and hearing the record start and by the time it ended i was like wait is there more i want to hear more it was it was awesome i think i literally remember clutching my chest hearing like within the first couple of like chords within best side plans where i was just like yep yeah. this record's gonna just crush me isn't it <laughs> and, it, was, and it did same here. I'll only say this once, um, <laughs> just for for the sake of saving the listeners' ears. But I, I concur with Amanda in saying that uh, they're all number one for me, baby. <laughs> I can't do a shitload of music this year, and these are my favorite ones. So, um, but I guess I'll start with uh, I'll start with a shorter one, which is Signals Midwest uh, put out a, an EP called Pin that I, I really really loved a lot. Um, I don't have like, again, like it's similar to Harmony Woods. Like I, I knew who Signals Mid- Midwest were. I had listened to their stuff a little in the past and it didn't really, uh, it didn't really hang with me. Uh, but just from like, from the start of this one, it starts out with like this kind of electric uh, piano ballad uh, that is just like one of the best songs maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like one of those songs that has like a number of lines in it where it's just like, man, there's gonna be so many people that have tattoos of this song. <laughs> um, and then it just goes on to uh, just to absolutely uh, uh, rock ass for the next 20 minutes past that one. It's uh, just nonstop. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna say that from now on. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, know that was great. one that yeah. was on the uh, alternative list, and I put on like the playlist that they put together, and I, I really like the two songs that are on there, so I'm definitely going to check the rest of that one out. Yeah, Signals Midwest EP is great. Um, similar to Casey, I think I've only listened to one Signals Midwest album before that, and it was pretty much exclusively because I had promised to review it when I ran 36 Vultures. Um, 
And this EP, I mean, I like this EP a lot more than anything I've heard before, but specifically the song Your Your New Old Apartment with Deanna uh, from Yeah, from uh, uh, Sincere Engineer. Engineer. Yeah, yeah. In, incredible, incredible. Uh, just this is leagues above what I expect from this band. So, so I guess so it's my turn then, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So unlike the last two, uh, these are 100% ranked in order. As a like, this is literally my number ten for the year. God damn, um, you're so but brave. I've got, I've got a uh, '93 Punks, their self-titled album. It's the uh, very loosely used or loosely punk rock album from rapper Vic Mensa. Um, I just really liked his approach to it. It's very, um, and but all the songs uh, still have huge pop hooks. Um, it's like similar vein to what post malone is doing but if he wasn't just talking about the same thing for albums at a time all the time um and i just you know every song feels like it punches you in the face a little bit and it was a pleasant surprise for me this year to say the least all right so um i did number these because i have to have like everything has to have like a number associated with it but i forgot like five albums so um (laughs) it's fine we're just gonna go with it so um mine like number nine is i'm so glad i feel this way about you by um insignificant other this was actually like a really late addition into my list because i had just never really heard about them before I went to Fest and then I saw them live and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun. They're so good. And then I listened to the whole album and Unmasai, I hope I'm saying that right. Unmasai, I I don't know, but. Unmasai. Unmasai. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. That is such a fun song. I love everything about it. And it's always the way when songs kind of mirror your life. And that's definitely how this song has its connection to me. Um, I just felt as if I was living the lyrics the first time I heard it. And I was like, this is fantastic. This whole record is fantastic. But that song was really the standout song for me. I think it's just so fast, so fun, so catchy. It's just like everything I want in a fun song is in that track. And the whole record just really impressed me. I think they set a record for number of hooks and indie because honestly i'm obsessed too like i don't know i I think that you were totally hitting on this kayla but like for me listening to insignificant other i kind of felt like uh just sim was really inviting all of us as listeners to kind of be their best friend for a minute just because how vulnerable it all felt but also so upbeat in a way that just felt just not too many people can accomplish that so perfectly in music and that was just something i was obsessed with yeah i totally feel that yeah this is one I definitely like I feel like I listened to so much music this year but I also have like more gaps in like the popular stuff that or like the bigger stuff than like anything else and this is one I, I think I listened to it through once and I just haven't spent enough time with it like I I know I've been following Insignificant Other on like Twitter and taking note of their presence and everything for like I think a couple of years now but um, <laughs> I definitely need to spend more time with this one for sure uh, yeah this one's on my list too um i will say for me this this was a grower uh when i initially listened to it um i have a lot of uh, mutual friends with with sim so i'm pretty sure that's how i i i heard about it and i listened to it when it first came out and i was like that's pretty good um but then and i i I assume this is the hooks 
I, I kept coming back to it, even though it didn't grab me immediately. I guess it kind of did, just not, not in the way where I'm like, oh, shit, this is incredible. But then I got to the point where I was like, oh, shit, this is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's like a perfect, like, pop album. It rocks. Also, uh, we played with Insignificant Other this past weekend, so I could see a bunch of these songs played live a couple days ago, and it rocked. Uh, nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love that. And I guess that makes it my turn. So I will start off with um, Vanity by Lizzie No. Um, this is kind of like, I guess in some ways, an outlier for me. It's um, a country album with definitely, it has like rock uh, elements to it as well. But um, I grew up on country and I don't really listen to it much anymore. But I, I feel like every year there's kind of like one, you know, album that like makes its way through that like even people who aren't necessarily into country will kind of like be talking about and it'll make me check it out. And um, this is one, it actually features um, Bartiz Strange, who I've been a fan of for a while on guitar. Um, and it's just, it's honestly like production wise, like one of the best albums that I've heard all year. Like the, it sounds so like smooth and clear in your, in your ears and um, just like the story storytelling and Lizzie's delivery. Um, and, you know, so it was one that I really enjoyed. And if you want to hear more about it, then she was on the podcast as are many of the people who actually are on my list. <laughs> what a beautifully shameless plug that was. Incredible. <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you feel any better, um, I think at least 90% of the people on my list have been on my podcast. So I'll go ahead and plug away too. <laughs> Yes, I always love when we have crossover too. <laughs> right? It's so much fun. I feel like I'm doing like virtual high fives with you every time it happens. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure that Kayla will actually share my hype with this one because I'm going to talk about future teens next. Mm. Oh, so oh, I, I'm actually, I'm going to share in that hype too, but go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel like we all were like feeling this record because I don't know about how everybody else here feels, but... I feel like future teens, though, when they first kind of came out on the circuit, they did brand themselves as bummer pop, which is 1000% true. But I have the sincerest feeling that they are actually experts in the subject of heartache. Because um, breakup season is just so profound when it comes to like unpacking that. And I mean, I have always loved their music, but they've somehow gotten more raw and more impactful. I didn't think that you could dig deeper at like, healing wounds and stuff and understanding how to like process breakup and pain and just sadness in general but like Beecher Teens has found a way to go even harder and even deeper in that way um but at the same time they're always so catchy and impactful and I don't know I love that I can dance to frequent choir frequent crier and I can also like um get really fucking sad listening oh can I curse yeah, of course. Okay, I just want to make sure. Of course, I, I, I'm, I'm a sailor on my podcast. That's why I'm like, let me check. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, but I can like, you know, just lose, lose it to like past tense. And I just think that they are the exact prescription for whenever you need to like reflect on a broken heart. And if you also need to dance about it, it's okay because they'll dance with you. Also, future teens are literally the most pure humans ever. <laughs> they are so nice. My dogs are best friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I actually have like a short little synopsis about breakup season. I listened to that album for the first time as I was eating lunch next to the Charles River. 
And then I heard, oh, man. yeah. And then I heard Amy said, I want to throw myself in the trials. And I felt so like, I felt it tug on my heartstrings. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is so deep. But also, yeah, like Amanda said, it just has a lot of fun hooks that I want to dance to, but sometimes I want to cry to, and that's okay. And I think it's a really good record for not knowing if you want to cry or dance, so you just do whatever you feel like doing when you put it on. Um, and yeah, it just it's a really good record. I, I have to commend Future Teens for just elevating everything that they did on their first album with this one. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I would echo everything, everything y'all said. Uh, this is like, if I, if I was forced to put these in, in order, this would be way the fuck up there. Um, I've listened to it probably uh, 500 times <laughs> since it came out. Like, like, it's an incredible, I love a breakup album. uh and for me like um this reliant k album forget not slow down is just like to me like the epitome of the best breakup album of all time until i heard this so it held that record for like over a decade (laughs) wow Um, uh it's yeah i mean it's just so good and like i love um to me like in music like the most important thing or the thing i latch on to first is is lyrics and I love uh, specificity, like uh, and like and weird shit. And they're super specific uh, I about their like locations and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love love a specific song. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. And and also, I would give them credit, a uh, huge credit for making one of the like biggest hooks of their song, saying, uh, "I'm not okay." It's a bold move. <laughs> it's a bold move because there's one very uh, huge one. But, and and you know what? And now that's not the first thing I think of when someone says I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely mirror what everyone's saying, and I also want to throw in that uh, they kick ass live. I saw them um, opening for the Wonder Years uh, for the Halloween shows. I unfortunately missed the uh, Carly Rae Jepsen cover set, but um, seeing oh, some of these songs live was really what uh, like really made the album click for me. I was yeah. at that show. I think I saw them cover at least Call Me Maybe one time this year. I can't remember if it was at Fest or if it Yeah, was they, they played it at Fest. Yeah, that was it. I was trying to remember because I like I saw them like three times this year. Thank God. That, that that's a blessing in itself. But uh I loved that cover. So I can only imagine the cover set being just sick. It was incredible. And this is gonna be one where a bunch of us get our, our fucking two cents in on this one too. Uh which would be oh so oh so basking in the glow. Oh man! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A collective sigh of pleasure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like again, like this is like a band. Like, this is kind of like the theme of my list. Is this is like a, a mostly a group of bands that I wasn't uh, super blown away with until their release this year, um, and that's that's the same with those. So like, there was like a handful of songs I liked. Um, from Jade uh, but uh, overall I wouldn't have, I, he, they were like they had songs that I would put in like playlists I wouldn't just like bang out a whole albums uh, until this yeah, one yeah. <clears throat> and uh, just from, from the get go it's non-stop good times um, I've got uh, this, this is a big uh, this is a big car 
car jam for me because I've got uh, I've got children, and uh, my okay. kids fucking my kids fucking love bass being in the clubs. So that is uh, it's it's probably up in my like most listened to shit just because anytime we get in the car they're like. They're like, oh, put on the one where it's, he's talking about playing at my house. I'm like, all right, here we go. This is great. I'm glad you guys want to listen to this. Some garbage. Yeah, I think this is the same, uh, the same thing for me. Oh, the solo album where I'm like listening to the full thing front to back and not just listening to like two songs or a song here and there. Um, but I was just, I mean, blown away by this record. I mean, I guess the best comparison I can make is like this is Jade finally hitting like their stride this is very third eye blind level huge pop rock hook songwriting that i'm just i don't know i can't get enough of it it's on repeat every time i listen to it Same. yeah i guess i guess uh i have a similar with you guys where uh i haven't really been super into anything they've done in the past but since you've had that experience of loving this one i guess i'll have to uh go back and put some more effort into it because i i might have listened to it once but i'm not sure it's one of those bands where i feel a little bit guilty for not like (laughs) fully checking out i want to say standout tracks if you need one uh wake up next to god is like probably one of the best songs i've heard this year but yeah, I I remember hearing this and being like, how haven't I heard any of these songs beforehand or anything about like this artist beforehand? Because this is amazing. And it's one of those records to me where I was just so impressed and so blown away by it that I was like, I, I have to see this live. And I did. And it was amazing to see it live too. So if you haven't seen them live yet, I definitely recommend it. Well, they are—they are going on that big Prince Daddy tour. Oh God, damn it! Them, Prince Daddy and who else? Um, real, uh, and, uh, oh yeah, just just friends and sincere engineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what a, man, I was gonna say. What a, what a fucking monster of a tour! <laughs> so I've got uh, Grayscale's Nella Vita as my number nine. Um, this is—I mean, it was. Uh, huge leaps and bounds of anything I expected from this band. Listening to their last full length, I think their debut with Fearless, um, I kind of wrote them off as just another band that kind of was trying to sound like Mayday Parade. Um, and then I heard in Vi- I heard in Violet for the first time uh, back in I want to say June, and was hooked right away. I mean, this album is full of huge dancey pop choruses that like you can easily move to until you're like stopping to listen to what they're singing about and you're just like oh shit i could probably curl up in a ball right now and cry listening to this thing it's so beautifully written but um just leagues above anything this band's done before and i wouldn't be shocked if this is like the band in this wave of uh bands coming out of pop punk to blow up awesome yeah i know like a couple of songs have come up on like spotify mixes for my girlfriend and i definitely dig those but uh again one one that i need to dig a little more into (laughs) that's definitely a good way to sum up my music cases songs that might have come up in a spotify mix for my girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) all right so um number eight on my list is lover by taylor swift and I oh my gosh I just I love this record so much I actually wrote a little bit about it in my ultimate guide to Taylor Swift for the alternative I'm just gonna put that out there um it's up now um but I just I think it's her masterpiece record um and there's so many songs that I can just tell are going to be instant classics like 
Cruel Summer and Cornelia Street, I think they're just so catchy, but also very vulnerable. And Taylor's always been a very vulnerable artist, but this album, she managed to balance vulnerability with dancing, music style, and songwriting. And it just all came together in a perfect package of maturity, which is a side of Taylor that I think needs to be explored. So I'm glad she did it with Lover. And I just, I really recommend it. So good. Yeah, I'm happy she was able to take the the fuck you vibes from Reputation and kind of just mix it in with what she was doing prior to that. Um, I think this is probably her most diverse body of work. Uh, and it's good that nothing feels completely lost in the shuffle. Like you can go from a song like Lover, uh, then there's uh, The Man and you've got Paper Rings and each of those have a different, very distinct mood, but they all feel pretty pretty coherent in what she did with, with this album. I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm not well versed in Taylor Swift, but yeah, I can definitely second the plug for uh, Kayla's write-up because that was a very enjoyable read for me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm going to... I guess break the rules a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say, yeah. talk about um, Samaya's compilation, which uh, it was released in 2019 as a vinyl compilation. Um, and it, it's songs from back to 2017 up to 2019. Um, and I actually discovered it because um, I think she was on like my explore page or whatever for Apple music because recommended it was like songs uh if you like sir baby girl then you'll like this um so i just kind of randomly checked it out and you know i pretty much like fell in love with the music right away um especially for the compilation itself like the track listing or like the uh sequencing is like really it flows just like a record um and like so i'm like i have a playlist of it specifically the way it is on the vinyl um, because it really does, it feels very cohesive. Like if you didn't know it, you would think that it was just a record, not that songs spaced out be- uh, for like two years. Um, and I think uh, like my, my favorite track is probably 21. Um, she has this line where she's like, uh, I'm a hundred and fucking something pounds or something like that. And it's just like, the delivery of it is like so kind of like matter of fact that um it, you can't help but have it like uh catch your ear um and uh yeah i guess just kind of that similar it's just it's like kind of like a indie rockish uh style um which is obviously very broad but kind of like the like energetic with almost like a little bit of not like twang but like that kind of uh you know, like bouncy feel a little bit like that. Um, and yeah, huh. so just, and she went on tour with, uh, she opened for Remo Drive earlier this year and I was very sad that I wasn't able to make one of those dates. <laughs> um, let's see here, which one, which one? Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Foxy Dads in case you missed it. Um, so I'm a huge fan of people who just cannot be put into a box as far as sound goes. And um, Alana Hope is one of the people who just, genre-defying on a regular basis, though there's a little bit of hip-hop influence, there's a lot of pop. Um, When I talked to Alana, they told me actually that their record had some Hillary Duff influence, which I could feel at one point, right? And I thought that was iconic. And honestly, I love just how they took their time writing and putting together this record. So that way, whenever they released it, it was completely on their terms. It was something that 
was going to be impactful to people like me who've been following for some time and just like, yeah, everything that they did, all the collaborations that went into it. Um, and I don't know, I just felt so emotionally kind of embraced by so much of it, whether you're listening to songs like Dissolve. Um, I really like the um, collab that they did with Alex from Diet Sig at the opening. I thought that was really cool. Just their layered vocals was just a nice touch. Um, and then, yeah, all the songs just had this way of feeling good, making me feel like you're in motion. Cause a lot of mentioned that they wrote the songs a lot while driving since their commute changed and stuff, which is interesting. Cause you can kind of get that vibe listening to the record of just like feeling like your emotion and with your thoughts in that way. And I just love the energy that Alana brings to music. So everybody should definitely, if you're not already listening to Foxy Dads, they are a brilliant act. Yeah, I think I'm going to queue that up after I'm done here because I haven't listened to the record yet, but I've seen it talked about. Yeah, it's a favorite for me. <laughs> I definitely will put it on my list because I love Hillary Duff's music and anything that has to do with Hillary Duff music, I am completely on board with. Yeah, I think they're just like a big fan, honestly. And like, I can feel a little bit of that influence because we were talking about just like how like surprisingly dark Hillary Duff's music is. And that's the same kind of vibe you get from time to time with like Foxy Dads. Yeah, come oh, 100%. clean is really good. Coming clean, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sold on it. Down with Duff. Oh, well, uh, I'm adding it right now to Spotify. Down with Duff. <laughs> we make that the like chant for like going into this new like Lizzie McGuire reboot and everything. Oh, that's gonna be, it's gonna be big in this house. Right <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But it's gotta be I'm down with Duff because otherwise it sounds like you're saying. Oh yeah, down that does like sound like we're <laughs> true. True. Thanks for the catch. Before I hit tweet. Alright, it's out there. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna get this uh, this juggernaut out of the way here. Um, pup, morbid stuff. Uh, Pup's the best band. Um, <laughs> they're the best band. I uh, I've been loving Pup. Every album, like from from their their debut, sounds like a a fully fleshed out band that's been a band for years. Uh, because they don't sound like anyone else. They there's a sound that is distinctly Pup, and that's what they sound like. Um, and so I felt like with their next uh, album, they they improved upon that even more. And then with this one, with Morbid Stuff, it's even more of that. It's They, they have somehow retained the sound that makes them singularly them, uh, but it, it has mass appeal, um, which I don't even know how they did 100%. that because their songs are so fucked up sounding sometimes. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just... It's a perfect album from top to bottom. I went and saw one of the dates of the tour and it's the most intense crowd I've ever uh, been in. I was sore for, for for like two weeks. It was brutal, but it was awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I think they're going to, I remember distinctly thinking when I saw, I, I went to Washington DC to see them at uh, Black Cat. Holy shit. And um, I distinctly remember thinking while I was there, it was sold out. I was like, this will be the last time that I'll ever have the opportunity to see them in a room this small. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, talk about a fucking workhorse of a band. Their tours are insane. <laughs> and um, I, they're definitely, like, for me, they're one of the bands where I kind of have to be in, like, the right mood to listen to, like, their, like, 
abrasive like punk style but like and i am in that right mood i'm just like this is like the only cure for it <laughs> i think you'd love morbid stuff then because it's a lot i feel like lyrically it's more uh in your face and dark but sonically it's not uh as abrasive as past stuff was agreed um but this is a band that i feel like i completely owe all of the thanks in the world to jamie coletta for like relentlessly shoving down my throat and i feel like everybody's throat <laughs> at one point but um i mean this band is here so she knows what she's doing yeah i'm gonna throw out another big big record for me i have fandom by water parks um this is a band i did not care about at all before this album cycle i thought austin might be one of the most annoying social media presences i've ever had the displeasure of coming across uh, i thought their songwriting their, their songs were just um, obnoxious and kind of boy bandy but something, when I heard Turbulent which was the lead single for this album I was just hooked at how much darker that was uh, sonically than the rest of what they had done previously and uh, when Fandom came out it was just for me non-stop I think I listened to that record four times front to back on repeat and that was a pretty big release day I think that was the same release day as Harmony Woods and the Menzingers um, but this, uh, this record, just the way that they approached songwriting, they like completely scrapped uh, an entire album they had set uh, because they weren't happy with how it sounded, uh, deconstructed a lot of the songs that were made for that record to make fandom. And it's just a beautifully like huge, big pop hooks, very dancey, but all of the songs are really, really dark. And they just talk about the, uh, the chokehold of being in the public eye and how that affects your ability to, uh, authentically communicate with your audience without wondering how your audience is going to react to it all the time. I always love a good album teardown. <laughs> all right. So next up on my list, which I'm sure will be on a lot of lists as well, is Never Not, Never Not, Never Not by um, Rosie Tucker. I first listened to this record when it first came out and I was like, oh, okay, that's good. But then I was going through it a little bit and I put this record back on and I was like, this is the best album I've ever heard all year. Um, so it's, I think that the songwriting is so different and the song building is so unique in the scene. And I really think that Rosie Tucker has implemented a place that is just so unique and so special. And I want to give a special Shout out here to the song Lauren because it is such a pretty song. I think it's gorgeous. Every time I listen to it, I just, I feel like I am covered in shimmer and I'm just dancing along my way, even though the lyrics are kind of sad and reflective. I think they're also kind of fresh and I really appreciate that. Yeah, I have to admit, I listened to it for the first time yesterday because it uh, <laughs> won the alternatives number one, but uh, I definitely. I really enjoyed it. I I totally agree with what you are saying about like it being kind of just like carving her own like spot within like the genre. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to like continuing to have it in my rotation and digging a little deeper into it. This is another one I'm going to be adding to my list of stuff to check out just because I haven't actually given this a fair shake. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to also. <laughs> um, so I guess we're back at me and I'm going to go with um propers i spent the winter writing songs about getting better um oh man which i mean th they won me over the first time i listened to um 
the suburbs have ruined my life. Um, they won me over with their one year's references and they continue to do so. Um, but it's really just, I feel like their music is, um, you know, it's, it's like really, what? I said it's a breath of fresh air, the songwriting yeah. on this yeah. album. For sure. It's, I, I feel like it's kind of like, just like nonstop. It's like a, you know, once it starts, it keeps going. Um, you know, very like lyrically dense, but a lot of like lines that you can pick out. Um, I mean, the, uh, I can't remember which song it is, but the opening line, what do you call a guy who gives, but, uh, who doesn't give, but expects to get head. You don't is like it's one of best. my favorite lines this year. So good. Um, and yeah, I mean, just a truly awesome band that I feel like is doing something that, uh, yeah, like you said, a breath, a breath of fresh air to the scene is a, a great way to put it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, that album's incredible. Um, we're sort of, uh, we're, we're internet friends uh, with Proper as a band. Okay. Uh, we will be, we're going to play together at some point. Uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, the, the, that album is so good start to finish. It's, uh, I feel, I want to say it's uh, important, like, oh, uh, sure. thematically, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it gives a voice to um, a group of people whose, whose voice probably isn't super heard in, in, in music and stuff, and I, I love how, how open um, he is about his sexuality and stuff, I think that's fucking badass. Um, I, I literally don't have the balls to talk about sex as openly <laughs> as, 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 as he does. Um, uh, it's, it's killer. And then the, uh, I would say like the, the last song where he oh, just kind of so goes good. on that like uh, eight minute long tear where he's just talking is like, I listen to that sometimes when I work out because it just fucking gets me pumped. Oh, it's so yeah. sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely teared up the first time uh, that came on. <laughs> um, yeah, many tears have been shed to Proper's record. I feel like as a Black woman in the scene, I don't have a lot of representation um, when it comes to just songs in general. So having an album like Proper's is something that is so special. And even with their uh, first record under their old name, I felt such a connection to their music and it was a connection that I had not yet felt since I heard um, Stained Glass Ceilings by The Wonder Years with that, um, the guest feature that they had about um, just race in general. And I definitely agree with the statement that this record is so important because it is, it gives a voice to so many people who just feel like there's not a place in the scene for them because of how they look or because they don't see themselves represented. So this record, I'm so glad that it's just taken off because it deserves it and Proper is an incredible band and I can't wait to see them live. I hope I get to in the near future. And um, yeah, I just, this record is incredible. Absolutely. I just can't imagine like hearing uh, Long Green Jerry Curl and not thinking that this band is doing something just so incredible with the the space they've carved for themselves in the scene and I just can't wait to see how much bigger they continue to get okay so 
I have to preemptively say this, that these, the people who wrote this record are two of my favorite people in the whole wide world, but there's no bias here when it comes to talking about their music. And I'm talking about Slingshot Dakota. They put out Heavy Banding, which, you know, if you had to do the gun to your head, pick your favorite album of the year, I'd have to say it's this one. Um, because honestly, I have never felt more seen in music than listening to this record because it's all about um, self-improvement, self-realization, finding your voice, and really just helping uplift other people. There's so many great themes throughout this record. And I feel like Slingshot Dakota has fully embraced their voice, their presence, who they want to be as a band. And this record is just so impactful for so many people because it does lend that example. And that's what Slingshot Dakota has been doing for so long is kind of setting an example for other bands that they can achieve if they work hard, they can put out music that is meaningful to them if they decide to write that way. And heavy banding is just such a testament to that. And, um, you know, I can, I feel so seen whenever I hear songs like Weird Like Me, because growing up as the weird kid, I still am the weird kid, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but be, feeling like it's okay to be who you are, because there are people out there who embrace you for that. Or like Louder, where I took that as a rallying cry for everybody who isn't a straight white dude in music to like stand together and support each other and let our voices be heard in spite of all the bullshit that tries to keep us quiet or ignored and stuff. So I just felt like it was really important to have this record out. And it's definitely one that I'll be listening to for years to come. It's certainly changed my life. And yeah, everybody, if you are not supporting Slingshot Dakota, fix that. Cause this is a really important pair of people who are just like defying genre, defying sound, defying what it means to be within a community because they are redefining it in a way that makes everybody feel embraced and included. For sure, yeah. I mean, Louder is, like, one of the biggest fucking jams all year, like, without a doubt. Um, and I just love what they, I love that they've, like you said, embraced who they are and, like, not giving a shit about what everyone else wants them to be. And, like, I feel like that is, that, like, encompasses all of the band, like, from their social media presence to their music and, like, the way they run their shows. Like, they are super into, like, having local bands on their shows and, um, you know, like supporting the local scenes and making sure that it's not all straight white dudes and um, like everything like that. Like, I just feel like everything about this band is so kind of like cohesive and just like they're doing exactly what they want to. Yeah, that's what I love about them. And I feel like they've set the example for so long that a lot of bands, frankly, are just now starting to kind of adopt. They've been doing this for over a decade of like, you know, we, this is what we should be doing as a community. And it's kind of cool to see that reflected back and so many other bands who are taking on that more like impactful DIY mentality and stuff. So yeah, I always feel like I want to celebrate Slingshot Dakota in general because they're just awesome people making awesome music. But yeah, it's this is a really impactful record, no question. And Carly Commando's keyboard live is just, it, that's an Ooh. experience. It is an I feel experience. like I'm in church. I'm in church whenever she's playing. <laughs> that, is, that is literally my religion at that point, honestly. Like just because... Nobody makes me feel that way with keys other than like Carly, no question. Yeah, uh, Heavy Banding's the fucking most punk record that came out the entire year. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, I saw them three times this, this past year. Uh, every time was better than the last. And, and there's, man, there's something to the, to the church analogy. It's just as somebody who grew up in like a, 
very pretty uh, Southern Baptist home. Something about that fucking organ really does resonate with the uh, deep down parts of me <laughs> that uh, I can't uh, qu- I quit. I quit God. I can't quit organ. Um, <laughs> Just evokes that 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 motion back for a moment. I love it. Yeah, uh, this record. Wow, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. And when I saw them at best, it was life changing because when they played Casino Night. Um, I just started bawling like I don't know where the tears came from, but I just completely just lost it. And it probably like was the keys. I don't know. The keys are just magical. But I, oh my gosh, just like hearing it live made the record click even more for me. So I'm, I'm really glad that I got that experience. And this record is just, I think it is just so inspirational. And so it's a really good testament to just growing up and I appreciate that I'm gonna go with uh this will this will be a short one probably but um I'm gonna say uh this band Off Day put out an EP called uh, P Naked <laughs> which is a ridiculous name um it's a it's a killer uh killer's uh, six songs uh they're they're all all bangers uh it's it's uh, it's just a killer kind of semi-technical uh emo type stuff okay. and they're uh they're friends of ours like uh, we became bands like around the same time and so we played together a lot um but i legitimately do think it's it's one of the best things that's uh, been put out this year and i just want more people to listen to it because i think it's incredible i think they're an incredible band nice. well, they definitely got me with the ep name so i'll check it out <laughs> Now we're on to Joel. The spotlight's back on me. So I've got uh, I've got Can't Swim's Foreign Language EP next. Um, it's a pretty big departure from what this band usually does. Um, it's uh, six or seven pretty intense, like, hardcore songs. Um, it's very political start to finish. I uh, wasn't sure what to expect going in. Uh, the only single they had pre-release, I think, was Filthy Rich, uh, which hooked me right away. Um, and I've just been, this is one that I listen to every time I put it on. It's two or three times in a row because it's so short, but I just can't stop listening to it. Um, and it's just good, fast, angry shit. <laughs> I, you're making me feel like I need to go Give it. I really love Can't Swim's first uh, two releases, specifically the second one. Um, okay. I, I, this one did not. Uh, maybe it's just the fact that it's so heavy, and I was expecting, uh, I guess, more more of the of the same. Uh, but that's not a good. Uh, <laughs> that's not a good way yeah, to look at it. So <laughs> they usually have those huge hooks. So I understand being a little like thrown by it. But uh, I only got into Can't Swim maybe four months ago. And that's because Kat from Pure Noise was tweeting about them nonstop at the beginning of the year. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'll get a fan a shot finally. And then once I did, it just all kind of fell into place. So next on my list is To Name All the Bees in the Backyard by Bitch Seat. Um, I just, I think this record has the potential to be underrated. And I really hope that it's not because it is just such a perfect place in the scene. I think this record needed to be released and I'm so glad that something like this is in the scene. I love all of the songs like Bathroom about 
just wanting a friendship like you find in the women's bathroom. I think that's so relatable. And participation trophy is right on the nose how sometimes all you can do is just your best. And that's, that's all that you really need to do for the rest of the day. And I think that that needs to be said more. So this record is just, I think it's just so great. Yeah, it's definitely, I remember, I listened to it a couple times and I feel like I remember getting very cool 90s vibes from it and just like being impressed by like just the sheer um, like different amount of different sounds that are in it. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It does have a very distinct 90s sound and I also think the vocals are just very interesting. It's something I don't hear a lot and I think um, Taylor and Chris do a great job producing vocals on this record. I'm going to um, hit on the second Aaron West full-length, Routine Maintenance. Um, as we mentioned, I'm a Wonder Years nerd, and this is Dan from the Wonder Years side project, so that already checks boxes for me. Um, but, you know, just the, it's a very concept album, you know, all about this specific character, Aaron West, and Dan's like kind of mapped out, you know, his entire life. Uh, which is, I just think it's such a cool thing, like as an art project in general. Um, and, you know, the music really backs it up. It's kind of like Americana, rock. Um, you know, this, I feel like this album specifically is like a really good payoff of the, you know, the world that he's been building for this last uh, like five years that since the, um, the debut came out. Um, you know, the first album is all about him kind of like dealing with the immediate aftermath of his wife leaving. And um, this this album finally sees the divorce becoming official and um, him kind of like moving on with his, with his life. He goes across the country. He, you know, kind of finds friends along the way. He starts a band and then he ends up back home with his family because his sister's uh, husband had passed away and he kind of becomes like a father figure to his nephew. And, you know, so the, the story is like just really, you know, cohesive and touching and the, um, the vocal delivery is, you know, what really kind of just brings it home for me. Um, like um, uh, the song, Just Sign the Papers, uh, which is dealing specifically with the divorce. Like you can like hear the emotion. It's like, it, it, you would think that he experienced it directly. And I just think it's, very impressive, uh, you know, how that all came together. Nice. I'll have to give this one a shot. I usually have a, like a weird issue with getting into singers, uh, side projects. Uh, I, I, I love side projects. <laughs> I'm like such a I, I love side, side projects. Project. I'm just not crazy about when the vocalist does it. Uh, I think I also harbor a little bit of resentment because when the first Aaron West record came out, uh, I had applied to be a writer at Property of Zach with a review for that. And they were like, Nah, nah, bro. Okay. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I'm about to talk about another record, and I'm starting to realize a theme where I think I really like records about self-acceptance and growing up. At least that's my theme for 2019. <laughs> um, because the next record I'm going to talk about is Lilith's Safer Off, and that's definitely a big part of what they put together. Um, I'm a huge Lilith fan, I'd say, for probably about the last year. I've been jamming to some singles that they had floating around that are also on this record, like um, I'll Come Over and um, 
vacation and all that stuff. And it's just like, this is a band who I just love how much personality is in their music, how energetic they are, but also how they're like unafraid of confronting memories and, you know, the ways that people treated them shitty. And they do that in a way that's really fun and really colorful with their music. I just, I, I always picture colors whenever I listen to their music, which is always so vibrant and stuff. And I think that's something that they kind of intend to do and everything, but yeah, uh, their music just is so diverse in sound because sometimes they'll have this like upbeat poppy stuff. I know that they're fans of Spice Girls and stuff. So it's like, that's totally a vibe in there sometimes. Um, just like that sing really loudly with your best friends kind of vibe, if you know what I mean. Um, and then, but sometimes they'll get to where they're really f- reflective and somber and songs like, uh, like Coward and stuff. And I don't know, they're just a really tight band. I think they deserve way more rec- recognition than what they've gotten so far in 2019 because they are really tight songwriters. And yeah, I can't wait to hear what they do next because they are awesome. Uh, yeah, Lilith Rocks. Um, I, I found out about them because they were guests on uh, Emo Trash podcast, and they were talking about how much they love the first Good Charlotte album, which will, fu- if anybody says they love the first Good Charlotte album, I will instantly look at anything they do because <laughs> the shit fucking rules. Um, so I, I went and listened. It is a, it's an incredible album. I definitely agree. The album is just really from start to finish, just full of bangers. And I love Lilith. They're so much fun live. And I think they're just a really fun band. They're so good. And like, uh, I'll tell you this for sure, Scott, they are really fun podcast guests. Oh, awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll go and drop that for you just because I like, they're so, they're so silly and you can just ramble and have so much fun with them. They're so great. Nice. I'll have to go back and check out that episode too. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say I must have missed that one because I pretty much listened to you on the weekly. Aw, thank you. That means a lot. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Chris Farron, Born Hot. Uh, An absolutely ridiculous fucking name (laughs) for an album full of songs about somebody that definitely does not believe they were born hot. (laughs) (laughs) um which i mean i get it that's the point um he has very like self-aggrandizing persona online um but all of born hot is just about basically feeling like you're not good enough all of the time um and uh i love it this is another this is a kid kid bangers uh my kids fucking love this album (laughs) (laughs) So I've listened to it a lot. I'm actually, this is very exciting. Um, my my oldest uh, kid, he's 13. Uh, he's a boy. He fucking really took a shine to this album like so, so much. And I haven't told him this yet, but we're opening for Chris Farron um, in February. And I'm going to bring him and it's going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to blow Aww. his mind. So excited. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's great. It's, uh, you know, it's all, uh, it's all danceable. There's a great sense of humor to it, I guess. Like all the, the songs are, are, are funny. Lots of them are very, it almost works like a comedy album at certain <laughs> points. Um, and it's great. And Chris is a real nice guy. Yeah. He's another one of the people that I feel guilty for not, uh, 
you know, checking out more, but I do love his online persona and I love the Christmas album, so I should definitely <laughs> give his other stuff a shot. <laughs> All right. So my next one, I have uh, Telephone's Hard Pop next. Um, this is a, another one of those bands. They have like, I don't know, three or four albums before this one, but this is the first record that really made my radar. Um, I just, I can't get enough of this record. It's huge and weird and it's like a Fountains of Wayne album if Fountains of Wayne was covering Bruce Springsteen like the songwriting is just so big and cinematic and like you get sucked into everything they're talking about but it's so uh so quirky and so uniquely their own sound um especially like right off the bat that riff in Loser slash that old private hell uh just immediately like it just kind of grabs you and throws you through the rest of the album it's incredible start to finish I just, yeah, I don't know. I can't get enough of this album. Yeah, uh, Telethon, I've been a fan of since the their 90-minute, 30-song rock opera, the Grand Spontanean. And You're a better person than I am. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that was respected the uh, tenacity of doing that. And I definitely, so that was like the end. And I mean, there's... It's a, it's a lot of album, but uh, there, there's definitely, like, I could see that there were a lot of really good, like, bones to it. And then, you know, the one that really gets me is the Modern Abrasive EP. I just, I don't know, it just hits all my boxes somehow. I'm not sure what it is about it, but I, I fucking love it. And, you know, Hard Pop is just kind of, like, another step of, you know, really great, solid, kind of, like, hard, hard pop music. Um, and, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Just that first line, the magic of being a loser is that nobody has to find out is, I mean, that sums it up so well. <laughs> Hard pop rocks. Yeah, and the ballsiness, of, the ballsiness of just going full ska on Wander Party was impressive. Told yeah. me. <laughs> well, well, lifelong fan. All right. So next on my list is Fever by Megan Thee Stallion. And usually I'm not the biggest fan of hip hop because I just can't relate to like having a lot of money and dancing on fancy cars. But I adore Fever. I think it is the female empowerment in hip hop that I've been looking for since Nicki Minaj's The Pink Print. And I finally have it. And it is just, it really gets me going. I love working out to it. I love Megan's flow. I love how confident she is. And her Twitter presence is just so positive. And I think it really adds to the message of the record. And I just, I love it. It's great. Yeah, Megan's supposed to have some incredible music. I've heard like small bits here and there, but like I hear that this record is just phenomenal, Kayla. It really is. I, oh my gosh, it blew me away. <laughs> Adding to my list. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to add that also, actually, because I also like hip-hop, but also can't relate to having a shitload of money and dancing on, on cars. <laughs> if only we were one of the lucky few. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, go next with uh, Sir Baby Girl's Crush on Me, um, which is just fucking, it's, it's insanely awesome pop. DIY pop. It's, uh, it's I don't know, it's so great um it's so much fun i mean it's like super like over the top i guess um i actually saw i found sir baby girl when i saw um them on tour opening for pedal and it was a lazy sunday night winter show and we were both wearing sweatpants and <laughs> i was not expecting what i heard um 
And after going and checking out their social media, I realized that that experience was totally not um, normal. Uh, they're very over the top in their show as well with crazy costume changes. They've had, you know, background dancers and everything like that. Um, I just really, I think it's super well constructed. Um, there's they, uh, a remastered edition already came out and it sounds even better. Um, it includes a cover of um, Kesha's Praying, which is just, it's a perfect a cover song. in my opinion. It's yeah. so amazing. Um, and that song and uh, Pink Light are probably my two, two of my favorites. I feel like that's where um, Kelsey, Kelsey's uh, like musical singing chops really shine through. Um, and then there's songs like Heels and Flirting With Her where she, it's just kind of like, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs pop. And, you know, it's just, it, it hits all the boxes for me. I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but um, it's one that I've continuously gone back to. And it's kind of just like a feel good record that'll get you dancing no matter what. Nice. I'll have to go back and look at this one. I remember you talking to me about it earlier in the year, but um, I'm excited to go back and listen to the remastered version. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and I mean, she's gotten so much coverage from Rolling Stone, Billboard, like pretty much everywhere. Like I'm very excited to see what's coming next for her. <laughs> so I think I'm going to ride that like high energy train here and actually bring up another really awesome record here, which is Charlie Bliss's Young Enough. Who that record? Um, I gosh, that one hit me out of nowhere, and it was probably about a couple months after its release. I just, Kayla, I think maybe you were tweeting about it a lot, or somebody was, and I was like, I gotta check out this record because it's getting hyped. And I went and I unpacked it, and I realized that this was the best record ever written about growing up and about maturing and about finding yourself and stepping away from bad habits, bad relationships. And, um, I just, I, I, I find a hard, I have a hard time finding words for it sometimes because it's just so powerful because I really think it's some of the greatest pop music to arrive in 2019. I mean, there's just so much there whenever there's so much self admission of like change and growth and not knowing where you're going. And, um, this is where I'm going to let my geek side shine a fair bit because, um, right after I started listening to Charlie Bliss, um, they were on a YouTube show called the star Wars show answering questions <laughs> about star Wars. And then I went back and I listened to, uh, young enough again. And I realized it's totally a Raylo record. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, I could relate all the songs to either Ray or Kylo Ren. And I'm like, Oh my God, I know they didn't mean to do this but <laughs> it, it weirdly made me connect to other areas of like pop culture in ways that I hadn't before it just I just went deeper in on a lot of stuff that I really enjoy and I think it's really rare when I listen to a record and it actually makes me go enjoy other pieces of pop culture more um so I think that's just a, a testament to just how infectious their music is and the kind of impact that it can leave on the listener. Cause I know that a lot of people have taken a lot of this record. And for me, it's like, not only do I look back on my personal growth, the way that they're doing in this record, but I can look at fiction and pop culture and all this awesome stuff and start to see this kind of theme stand out even further in very crystallized ways. So like, I think that's just a huge feat in that they can do that, this record. And Charlie Bliss is like, 
freaking crushing it this year between dropping a record and then Supermoon on top of that. So, I mean, I could, I feel like we could just talk about their record for, and all their music they just dropped in 2019 alone, like for the next hour. But, um, you know, it's just so easy to do because they're such an impactful band. Yeah. I, Young Enough is my album of the year. I, I just, I felt such a connection to this album and I have been tweeting about it nonstop and probably still will. I just, I, the connection I have with this album is just unspeakable and the perfect blend of pop and production just surpassed everything that I thought they were going to do with this record. And I definitely want to interview Charlie Bliss when I grow up because I think that they can only go up from here. I have nothing but good things to say about Young Enough. I think the title track just sums up everything about growing up and what comes with that. And when Eva hits that, I think it's, I don't know what note it is, but it's a high one and it's great. Um, but <laughs> I just, if you haven't heard it already, I definitely recommend it. It's so good. I get chills just thinking about this record. I don't know about you. <laughs> Same here. It's another so one that I just downloaded. <laughs> it's so, so good. This one will like, I mean, I rarely say this about music, but this is one that will probably change your life. Yeah. Oh, no wow. <laughs> A lot to live up to. I'll, I'll keep you updated. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with this guy. Uh, heart attack man, fake blood. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I love Joel. so <laughs> Joel's gonna have a lot to say about this one too. Um, so, um, so heart attack man. I got into heart, heart attack man from their last album called The Manson Family. Um, and again, this is another case of like, I heard it and I was like, this is kind of good. I like this okay. <laughs> and then they put out the single, uh, their first single, which was Fake Blood. And uh, it blew my, blew my goddamn mind Absolutely. how good it was. <laughs> um, they really do a lot for, I'll say as a musician, that was just somebody that plays guitar on the, on the regular. I don't know if anybody can make a just a power chord hit as fucking hard as they can. Like, not since like I don't know, like early Weezer has uh, has something as simple and easy as a power chord hit so fucking so, so hard. Impactful. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, Absolutely. and like their their chord structures are are they're so simplistic yet so awesome. And uh, and uh, lyrically, it's just a, a killer. I, I mean, it's just like it was a massive glow up for them. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, the I mean, Manson family was kind of yeah. The Manson family was uh, really put like the slacker in their slacker pop sound they had going, and then sure. this they just like kicked the walls in, kicked all the doors down. We're just like, no fuck it, we're gonna be loud, we're gonna be fast, we're gonna be mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's huge. I, I, yeah, that's yeah. another thing I'll say lyrically is like, uh, I I kind of I, I kind of fucking love how petty it is in certain points. Oh, one hundred percent. And that Eric totally just wasn't afraid to be like, no, this is this is how I feel. This is this is the exact wording I want to use. This is exactly what I'm gonna say. Yeah, um, it's a it's a little bit how like everybody feels like when you I don't know when uh -huh. you think about somebody that was like a like a like a dick in high school when you get older uh -huh. you, you, a lot of people tend to like wave that off and be like ah we were kids I love that he has grown up he's like no fuck that guy that guy was an asshole yeah, <laughs> yeah. he literally just wants to watch you squirm and suffer um, 
I I love this record so much. Um, I got into Heart Attack Man at the end of last year with uh, they released a single with McCafferty, or a split with McCafferty. Uh, they had their two songs, Ninety Nine Percent and One Hundred Milligram Millennial. Um, I listened to those two songs so much at the tail end of 2018 that 99% was my most streamed song on Spotify last year. Um, and then Fake Blood, I'd been hyping this record since I before I'd even heard a single song off of Fake Blood. Uh, there's just something about Heart Attack Man that I, from the per, from the personality they have, their online presence was enough to get me so excited to hear whatever they were cooking up. And then they delivered with with the lead single and I think this album is going to continue to grow on more and more people and there's something about how like Casey said it's so simple but it's so like it's so imp- there's just something so impactful about this record uh it's a real a real punch in the face for sure uh so my next one is uh Bring Me the Horizons Amo um a huge departure for a band that I really pretended to like in middle school um <laughs> like like i absolutely like i don't think i could name you a single song off of their first few records um but it was a band that i pretended to like so much that i think i convinced myself that i liked them and then i'm a huge sucker for big pop songs and this record is full of huge pop songs um it's just it's cool to see a band who's like yeah, I know that you definitely expect us to just scream and nothing but riffs, but here's uh, here's what we're feeling right now, and it's Ollie singing over a synth or maybe a breakdown that's just a guest spot where some guy's beatboxing for 45 seconds. I just definitely cool had no band. idea that they went in that direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just, they don't, they're doing what they want to do, uh, and it's just cool to see a band willing to change so dramatically and not be apologetic about it. I definitely agree. I did not become a fan of Bring Me the Horizon until their 2013 record because that was when it got less heavy in a way that I can yeah. be yeah, this is a good record. So um, definitely recommend Follow You from That's the Spirit if no one's heard it. But yeah, Amo is fantastic and it's so big and bombastic and just fully embraced with pop and I really respect that and I think it's it's a really good record. Yeah, I love uh I love when a band's not af- afraid to call out their audience either. So they have this there's a song on this album called Heavy Metal, uh where the chorus is just literally calling out anybody that's talked shit about the way that their sound has changed. And I think that's probably more punk rock than anything this band's done in a long time. So my next one is When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish. At first, I was so elitist about Billy. I was like, I'm a grown woman. I do not need to hear about this mumbling 17-year-old kids. And then I heard it, and I was like, you know what? I was being a jackass. This record is so interesting and so phenomenal. And I think pop music needs a breath of fresh air like Billy. And I'm so glad that this record exists because it's just, it's fun, it's carefree, and it's just like if you, you know, just want to vibe out to Billie Eilish, then there it is for you. And I listened oh, to Ocean Eyes recently, changed my life, so I'm fully on board with the Billie train. Yeah, I think I, uh, I found her last year when I was doing the uh, MWE on Twitter, which is like 
music writers listening to one uh, one new album a day and making a tweet about it. So I, I'd listened to Don't yeah, Smile at Me, uh, the first EP. And, you know, I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and just kind of would revisit it every now and then. Um, so I was, I was definitely like excited when the, the full length was coming out. And it, it definitely, I, I feel like, I think I like the EP a little more, but um, it's, a very like a, a jump in sound for sure and like some of the bass on the album is like so good and um mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i mean it it is a really great pop record for sure yeah i think Billy's pretty easy to write off if you're not actually going in with an open mind just because of how big she got and how quickly she her career's kind of taken off um it's very easy to just be like no that, that's not for me i'm good i'm gonna pass on that but i love the songwriting on this album um, I think that she and Phineas are a great brother-sister team. I think everything they do is great. She's definitely a breath of fresh air for uh, mainstream pop music, and I'm excited to see what she does next. Okay, and I'm going to follow that up with some twangy emo in the vein of downhauls before you fall asleep. Um, I have been a fan of this band since uh, I think Gordon had emailed me back when I was still at 36 Vultures. Uh, he, oh I, I believe the subject was um, <sighs> pipe dream premiere request from a band you've never heard of or something like that. And <laughs> wow. that definitely got me. Um, and since then I've premiered something from all of their releases. Um, and before You Fall Asleep was one of my most anticipated albums of the year just because the three previous EPs were such, such a growth, showed such growth between them. I knew this was going to be just like one that like knocked it out of the water and uh, it, it certainly exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, it's some of the most personal writing that Gordon has done, you know, really kind of digging into like a really hard time in his life that luckily has passed, but um, he, he had the joke of um, tweeting out like the day before it came out, like, I know all you're going to hear this tomorrow and are going to ask me if I'm okay. <laughs> Just so like that, that those past, that it's past that. Um, uh, it's, you know, one of my favorite albums of the year. It's such a unique sound. Like I said, it's like a twangy emo, like no one has a vo voice like Gordon and the instrumentals certainly like back it up. And there's lots of great hooks, great lines. Um, I mean, fast food frantically outside of therapy, 10 minutes late, really 10 years late now is uh, one of the best out one of the best lines of the year and, uh, or six years, not 10 years, but um, nice. yeah, just love this album. <laughs> I'm so glad to see that it's been kind of blowing up a bit. Yeah. Downhall rocks. Uh, they're that, that album is extremely good. That almost made my list, but I didn't put it on there just because I knew I was going to get to talk about it. Cause I knew you were going to put it on there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's extremely good. And, and on top of that, they put out a uh, tornado season within the same year, which is yeah. a little EP that is also, that might be my favorite song by them. Yeah, and cool. I mean, they're, they're hard at work on LP, too, it looks like. So <laughs> I'm definitely stoked for that. I think the next one I would like to talk about is going to end up being uh, Queen of Jeans. If you're not afraid, I'm not afraid. Um, so this is a band I've always been fascinated with, but I think they really just outright captured me this year, honestly, with this record, because um, nobody's making music that sounds like queen of jeans i can say that outright because it's kind of got a little bit of that like indie rock meets uh 
60s, 70s, like girl group kind of sound. But I feel like, yeah, it's gorgeous. And I mean, there are many people who have attempted to perfect this sound, especially in like modern indie rock, but nobody does it like Queen of Jeans. And um, it's, this record is so great because I feel like it's such an encapsulation of both struggle and self-liberation in many ways, but it's in a very upbeat, artistic way. Um, I feel like the way that Queen of Jeans handles things like situations that are both personal and political, it feels so conversational. Like you're sitting there talking to your friend about these issues and stuff from somebody's direct perspective. And I feel that especially with Tell Me. Um, I just yeah. feel like I'm always getting so much closer with their music and it's so personal and rich. And I mean, the fact that uh, Mary was able to put out this really personal record and really continue to put so much work into it in spite of like the loss that she's had in her life. Um, I always am going to admire that about her as a person, but like the next level of just the art that goes into this record is just unforgettable. I mean, I fell in love the first time I heard Get Lost that song I'm yeah, going to be forever obsessed with. <laughs> yeah, I was hooked pretty much right away. Uh, I think my favorite off of it is Only Obvious to You. That too. Um, but when I heard this record for the first time, uh, Jamie Coletta had emailed me telling me that I had to listen to this band. She sent me the record, and I think I responded calling them. I said it feels like like a wine-drunk version of the Cranberries. Like, it's just so, like, the lyrics are so uh, subtly pointed. Uh, but it's done so, so it's beautiful. And it's just the songwriting is incredible. They have that sweet, uh, it's a voice you can get lost in. And then by the time you realize the depth of what you're listening to, you're already so caught up in it that you can't help but, uh, but just fall in love even more. Right, because then like the next lyric, whatever's coming next, I feel like it almost like subtly creeps up on you. Next thing you know, you're like completely invested in whatever song, riff, whatever moment that you're in. And you feel like you're in the yeah, moment with so much yep. of this record. Yeah, they really do a great job of creating an atmosphere for you to just fully get lost in. Right. I I am hopeful that they'll make their way down here to Florida soon so that way I can see them again. Um, just because they're such a tight band. And I just love their personalities. And I love everything that they put into their music. And yeah, I feel like if you're not afraid, I'm not afraid. It's just perfect record. I'm, I think that it really just cemented my love for this band and... I can't wait for more music from them, truly. I'm, I'm running out of stuff here. <laughs> um, this is my second to last one. Uh, free Throw, what's past his prologue. Um, again, following my trend of a band that I wasn't super into, but thought was pretty okay. Um, I really love this record. It's uh, so... I, I I just think they kind of finally found what they the sound they've been looking for. Like if you listen to the the first two free throw albums, they're kind of all yeah, over the place. And they, yeah, they're very disjointed, and they're playing yeah. with a lot of different kinds of sounds. Uh-huh. Uh, in terms of maybe uh, picking a spot within a genre, and then also just tonally, again, like a thing I hear just from playing guitar and stuff. Is like you know the, their first album has no distortion on it. Um, it's cl- all the guitars are clean and stuff. Um, but I, I think yeah. they finally found what they were looking for. And and in doing so, I would say that lyrically, like um, it, it's better than it's ever been. And it's really uh, yeah. 
definitely yeah, the same band. Yeah, like the the journey is kind of an an album from the singer's perspective about uh, uh, learning to love yourself, which is uh, you know who doesn't need to hear more shit about you know trying to love yourself. I do. Uh, uh, so yeah, and and outside of that, it's just like it's so heavy and the guitars are are so intricate and and like there are good there are bands with three guitar players where i'm like yeah you probably didn't need that third one <laughs> um they need that third one uh they 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 earn their third guitar player in my mind <laughs> okay so we already talked about my number three or my number four so um, i'm gonna just bring up one of my honorable mentions real quick uh came out I think last week, maybe the week before, but Northbound put out an album called Soul Kiss. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> this band, I think I heard Northbound for the first time. It was maybe 2012, 2013. He put out a split with Ryan Scott Graham from State Champs under the name Speak Low If You Speak Love. Uh, it was just kind of floppy acoustic songs. Um, I kind of lost touch of this band a little bit after uh, they released their debut album, Death of a Slug wasn't huge into what he was doing on that one and soul kiss is start to finish some of the catchiest songs that i've heard all year um i can't stop listening to this record uh very long the first three songs back uh, very long list bad blood and alone um just three of the most the three of the biggest songs that i've heard all year the hooks are enough to you i mean you know the chorus the first time you hear it you're singing along the time the second time it comes around uh i just this record's incredible and i think this is really going to push northbound into a into a whole other ball field so i'm actually going to do these next two together because i kind of have the same things to say about them um and these will be my last ones because we already talked about charlie bliss but um my number three is four of arrows by great grandma great grandma great grandpa and uh, my number two is norman fucking rockwell by lana del rey and I think both of these records are really defining for the artists themselves. I think they're big departures from previous works, but in the best way with Four of Arrows, we really saw just a step in a completely different direction from Great Grandpa. And when I interviewed them, um, it really stemmed from wanting to make music that they wanted to make, as, like aside from music that people wanted to hear. And I definitely think right. Lana has done that as well with just saying, fuck it, I'm going to make whatever I want to make. And it's something that is completely individualistic and gorgeous and has great melodies and great vocals. And the lyrics are just magic. I think Bloom is actually, it may be my song of the year because it is, it reminds me Incredible. of um, Rush by Ali and AJ and everything oh, about Ali and like fantastic yeah. so yeah i just i love those two records i think they are great expletives for 2019 and i'm just i think they're fantastic yeah i was uh, blown away by four of arrows the first time i heard it um Same great here. grandpa was a band I, I tried to listen to plastic cough i couldn't get into it uh I was skeptical about going into four of arrows just because of, i didn't listen to the singles because again i was going in thinking I didn't like the last album. I'm probably not going to like this one. Um, saw enough talk about it on Twitter that I was like, I'll listen to uh, Mono Nowhere. 
like I'll listen to a single, see if I like it. If I like it, I'll listen to the whole thing. And I was just like, I was hooked instantly. And then when I did start the album, Dark Green Water was such an, a beautiful way to start this album. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that track. And then, like you said, Bloom might be my song of the year. It's one of the most beautiful things I've heard in 2019. Um, and that album is absolutely incredible. I love, I love what they're doing. I'm going to hop on to uh, Glass Beach, the first Glass Beach album, um, which is a very late addition to my list. But um, I, I think I had mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I uh, tweeted about just like what are albums that you think not enough people are uh, like buzzing about this year. And someone had replied with this album and I was, you know, I was retweeting all the albums that people were sending over and this one, the album artwork really caught my eyes. Like this red sun on a black sky in front of like a kind of super teal, like washed outy beach. Um, and as soon as I put it on, I was fucking hooked. It's a super diverse record. Um, they kind of call themselves uh, post emo. I think you kind of, there's so much on it that you kind of, uh, whatever you're into is what you're going to pull out of them. Um, there's definitely lots of like electronic-y, like vapor-wavy stuff, um, some pop, a lot of some rock, some punk. I know they mentioned uh, when I talked to them that like Jeff Rosenstock was a big influence on them. Um, and it's just like a super eclectic record, um, an hour long. And literally the first time that I listened to it, I put it on repeat, listened to the, uh, it for a second hour. Um, and they just signed to uh, Run For Cover Records. And I'm really stoked to see what comes next from them. I can't resist talking about this one. I was going to try to save it for the end, but mm-hmm. I think I'm ready to talk about it now. And that's going to be Lizzo, because I love you. So I think one of the things that ultimately drew me to this particular record was I think I had this realization at one point that Lizzo is the person I've always wanted to be, like my aspiration. And to hear a record that just completely encompassed all I wanted to be as a woman, as a woman of color, as a person in general, the confidence, the emotion sharing my emotions on my own terms my vulnerability on my own terms but also like unapologetically kicking ass is just so empowering and I mean I could break down every song on this record and tell you how impactful it is because there's just so much there but I mean the first time I heard like like a girl for example even just a song like that where it's just it's poppy it's fun and I just felt very confident and I feel like that's something that Lizzo brings into every single song on this track even whenever it is expressing vulnerability there's a confidence to of like this is it you're gonna deal with it and wow that was just huge to hear just lyrically throughout this record much less just the variety of sounds that Lizzo just brings to music in general I remember I actually realized at one point watching one of her um I think it was like a recording of one of her like actual shows and stuff and she's fucking playing flute up there and I'm like I guarantee you a 12 year old Amanda had seen Lizzo playing flute she probably would actually kept at it because um, <laughs> that was just so awesome to see that kind of variety and that creativity and just like talent showcase throughout just Lizzo's music in general but like I mean I can't say enough for how much impact this record has brought to me to so many people out there who just 
love not only the variety of Lizzo's music, but the voice behind it. Yeah, this is 100% my album of the year, just because it's an album I can put on literally anytime. Like I can be in whatever mood and I'll always want to listen to it. Um, from like, I the first time that I heard the intro to Cause I Love You, like those crazy intense horns, I was, I was hooked. Um, every song is a jam. I mean, you have like Cause I Love You and uh, like Juice, but have kind of like the more, you know, retro poppy vibe. Um, right. Jerome and lingerie are like sexy as hell. Because um, <laughs> I love you. I mean, um, like a girl, and um, I can't even think of what other song I'm trying to think of, but like super like empowering and just like I, I don't know. It's everything. Like it was just my favorite album of the year for sure. <laughs> it's so tight, and like it's really funny because I go to an exercise class every week, and I told my instructor because she'll occasionally slip Lizzo onto the playlist. I'm like, I'm telling you, if you put Le- if you put Lizzo on the playlist, I will do whatever the fuck you and she tell me to do. <laughs> I will do push-ups. I will do sit-ups. I'll do whatever you tell me to because that's bumping. <laughs> I, yeah, I totally agree. Like a Girl is just such a bop. I love it. And the whole album makes me feel like Lizzo is kind of like my big sis because it's emotional and unapologetic and I love the mix of R&B retro and pop and in a couple songs she just takes you to church and I I love everything about that I got one more uh which would be uh Prince Daddy and the Hyena Cosmic Thrill Seeker um if yeah if I was if I was gun to the head uh pick a number one this is this is gonna be the one um I don't even know where to begin (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's it's a concept it's a concept album almost all the songs blend right into the next one it's uh has a narrative uh telling a story uh about uh, the singer Corey's mental health yes but they all but they all have something to do with each other um yep yeah, I mean it's the 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 musicianship on it is. I'll say this: I, I'm the main songwriter for our our band, and I, I put most of it together by myself. And and I know that Corey did the same. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how the fuck he was able to do this by himself. I really don't. My I don't. I'm I'm too fucking smooth brained or something to be able to wrap my head around that sort of musicality um it's it's beautiful and it's moving like i don't know there's stuff that'll like that that'll like bring me to tears so a lot of it has to do with like the wizard of the wizard of oz is sort of like the Uh parallel that that he's using for for the story he's telling about himself and there's just portions that are like there's a line he he says i tried on those red slippers i guess i just missed the feeling makes me cry every time i hear it uh of just not being able to 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 get the same feeling out of something that that once made you uh feel good it's uh yeah it's kind of a it's a little bit of a tragic album but it's it's also hopeful and 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 beautiful i love it also we played with them this weekend it was really nice (laughs) they just played that album from start to finish uh which which rocks yeah we that's like another weird thing that has happened this year is that like, that is my absolute album of the year. And also um, I've become friends with them. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. This album, I, I was uh, completely blown away by it. Um, I liked, uh, I thought you didn't even like leaving, um, but I just, I couldn't have ever expected something this like massive to come from the band that put that record out two years ago. Um, I think when this record came out, I said it was probably this band's like the Black Parade. It's just this huge anthemic. It's got this overarching narrative. Um, I mean, Corey's vocals as shrill and as like grating as they can be. Uh, they just, they capture every single emotion that he's trying to pour into this record so perfectly. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm speechless. I'm like, this God stops every time I try to talk about this album. I love uh, Cosmic Secret so it, much. It is really hard to try and put into words, like more than maybe yeah. any other album I've ever heard. Like, because I, I want to tell people to listen to it, and I immediately turn them off by being like, oh, you got to listen to this band, Prince Daddy and the Hyena. They're immediately <laughs> like, yeah, well, fuck you. I'm not going to listen to that, yeah. actually. So, <laughs> I've tried to like, I've tried to skip past even saying their name. I'm like, you've got to listen to the song. Let me play it for you. And, but then like, if if they don't know what to expect, I'm like, I start them off with the first track and it's just, it starts out all nice and acoustic. And then it's just Corey's like wailing vocals. And they're like, nah, 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 nah. I'm good. Thank you so much. But I'm going to walk away now. I yeah, think I it's mean, because every time that you go back to listen to this record, I think it's why it's so difficult to describe is because I don't know about y'all, but every time I listen, I find something different that stands out to me every time. Whether it's a different lyric or a different, just like the way the songs are structured, the a certain riff or hook or whatever. It's just like every time there is something different that ropes me in. And I think that just goes to show how much variety in, that was just packed into each song. Because um, as it was kind of mentioned earlier, like, you know, every song is a story within a story. And we have these themes of like, you know, it, it being tied to Wizard of Oz and everything. So you're thinking about <laughs> consciously like, okay, this is like a pretty critical piece of like literature and film and like in pop culture, right? So you're taking it through that lens, but then you go again on another ride on Cosmic Thrill Seekers. And then you're thinking about maybe a specific like part of the heart or whatever and how that ties into something. And then I think the best way I can describe my feeling towards record and I tweeted this whenever the record came out I'm like I'm pretty sure that Cosmic Thrill Seekers feels like doing the Kessel Run during Solo oh my god yeah absolutely. because you're like high energy high emotion you're fucking feeling everything you're reacting you, yeah. and, and sometimes it's unconscious you're just doing it and it's the biggest thrill you'll ever experience and it's it's that's the best way I can describe my feelings toward this record yeah, I think this was the worst I'd ever been with, like, an embargo. Like, I got sent the record a month and a half early, and Jamie was like, please don't talk about it. And then maybe two days later, I was tweeting about how much I loved the record. <laughs> I, just contain, I just could not contain myself. I, I love how much people love it. It doesn't quite click with me, but I love how much people love it. <laughs> that was the best political answer I've ever heard, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not... It, I don't really vibe with the record, but the, I think the reaction to it is kind of hard to ignore. And I really just, like you said, I love how people love it. It's really good to see how people have such a connection with music and it's always really nice to see that. Okay, so my, uh, my number one was Origami Angels debut album, Somewhere City. Um, this is another one that, uh, you'll notice a theme here, but when I hear something that I really love, 
probably one of the first two things I do is one, like scream and then text Scott, holy shit, you need to listen to this band. Um, but Origami Angel, I got hooked earlier in the year when they released the Gen 3 EP. Um, I'm a sucker for talking about Pokemon and, and music. Uh, it's a big reason that I got into free throw when I got into free throw. Um, and then Somewhere City, uh, one, this album absolutely just fucking shreds. Like, there's no, no reason, or I can't even picture how a band of just two people made an album that sounds this huge. Um, and then, I mean, it's just so aggressively in your face with self-love and positivity that it's hard to ignore. Um, songwriting is incredible. Fucking shreds. I could listen to this nonstop all the time. Yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> same on everything. Uh, Dr. Holmes and Find Your Throne are tracks of the year, oh, fine, without yeah. a doubt. Um, yeah, Find Your Throne is incredible. And I mean, what a fucking year they've had with the Holy Split, Gen 3, and Somewhere City. And just like yeah. fucking so many people are members of the Gami gang and I love to see it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, it's so good. It It is laughably good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, if, if this album, like, here's the thing is like, I'm, you know, I'm old and um, it still resonates with me. But if this came out when I was 15 or 16, I would have a, a fucking origami angel tattoo. I know it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've been contemplating getting the Somewhere City sign tattooed on me. Okay, then I guess it's time for me to uh, make Casey blush a little bit. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> because uh, with time, By Virginity was uh, certainly my comfort album of the year. I've been saying it pretty much since I first listened to it, since Joel texted me and told me to uh, <laughs> listen to it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's just so good to me. <laughs> um, I feel like, I don't know. It's something that I can continu continuously came back to. It's, you know, the perfect, like quick listen, you know, half an hour, right about half an hour. Um, I mean, I love the music, like the way it's, yeah. it's like the perfect kind of like pop punk with an edge, like exactly what I was looking for, you know, hints of stuff like Motion City soundtrack that I feel like I, I don't, can't even pinpoint exactly where that would be, but. I get like big The Swellers vibes from this album, so. <laughs> for sure. And I mean, the fucking, the rallying cry of the album, every day I'm a little bit better, even if it's hard to tell, though it sometimes feels like an uphill battle, I'd rather fight than live in hell is just, it's perfect. It's one of my favorite, again, one of my favorite lyrics of the year, so. Uh, congrats to Casey. <laughs> yeah, that album sucks, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, thanks. I really appreciate it. I know both of you guys have been uh, very vocal about it, and I appreciate that. Very weird thing. <laughs> For anybody to have listened to it, I didn't think anyone was going to, and then a bunch of people did, and uh, I'm glad people like it, and um, it's fucking, it's rad. I don't, yeah, I don't, I could, yeah. I, I'm very, I, have, I'm very, I have too much insight into it yeah. <laughs> I'm very I, thankful I that I saw I think I saw um, early in the year Retirement Party had, or Avery from Retirement Party it might have been on her Twitter she tweeted like yeah. what are some good albums that came out this year and I saw you re respond to that from the Virginia yeah. Twitter it was Listen the day it, it came out and, <laughs> yeah and immediately sent, and immediately sent it to Scott so yeah 
when we have since become friends with Avery, she, when they came through Florida, they crashed at my house and we're going to play with them uh, next year. It's cool. Um, but and, anybody, and all these people you say you're going to be playing with next year are going to come to Connecticut, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, but I, I do want to say thanks uh, to you guys, especially you guys have been, uh, been spreading, spreading the word and that's really nice. And I'm glad that, anybody uh, connected with it at all i hope it speaks to everybody that uh you know has uh issues with uh, their mental health and, and 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 toxic masculinity i'd say we're probably the two biggest themes of the of the record and i'm glad people liked it for sure um so does anyone have anything left on their list i got one okay cool <laughs> <laughs> okay um when we just go for it yeah Awesome. So the last one I have on my list is um, Withdraw by Fresh. Um, they're this really awesome band out of the UK who um, kind of crept onto my Twitter feed over the summer because a lot of bands that I really like, like Expert Timing and Slingshot Dakota, also really good points of reference for this band's kind of sound a little bit. Um, they were all kind of boosting this band. I'm like, I got to check them out. And I fell in love. Withdraw is a really awesome um pop punk indie rock i don't really know how to describe their sound because there's just so much energy but there's also just something unique to the way that their song structure works I, that's the best way i can put it but wow they blew me away from the beginning um with the title track all the way up through some of their singles that are just they just burst with the kind of energy and the thing is is that they do it live too in ways that just you wonder how a band can show so much love for the music that they write because they just have pure passion for what they're doing. I think about songs like going to Brighton that just, you listen to it and you can feel yourself lift. Like I've literally felt my shoulders physically lift when I was not in a good mood just because of what this band brought to me. Um, one of my favorite actual just like riffs this year that came out was actually on their song, new girl. Um, look it up. It's really great. It's just the way that the music just kind of like does this, twinkle step vibe there's also a lot of really funny memes around it but um the point being that it's just like it's it's just this band where you can just feel everything and i think that was just their intention throughout all of it but um there's nothing quite like screaming singing along to revenge where it's simple i am valued i am loved i will get revenge on everyone who's done me wrong and whenever you scream this along with this band you just feel pure catharsis Fresh is just so impactful in what they're doing. They're a band to watch because they just continue to put out just really high energy, important music that just, it, it feels good and it feels right. And it makes you feel okay with any kind of emotion that you're feeling that day because they're going to brighten you up as a result. Bands from the UK have been killing it this year. And I definitely think they should be on everyone's radar, like Martha as well as Fresh. Um, the Martha album is so good. Yeah, they they just put out great albums, and I just want to scream them out to the heavens. They're awesome. Yeah, I was just gonna say, Withdraws, an incredible album. Again, I love a hyper specific lyric, um, and mm -hmm. uh, Brighton is a motherfucking bop, and it's yes. it's killer. And they were they were fucking awesome live. Yeah, I mean, they were my favorite set at Fest this year, just because. I could just feel everybody's energy, what they're putting into the crowd. And I was standing over by like a side stage area and I could feel it full blast. And there was know, some hype in the room. 
There was, and such good people too. Like, I mean, they just delightful. There's, there's no other word for them, honestly. And yeah, I feel like this is a record that definitely is going to stick with me for a long time. Okay, so that's everyone's list. Um, do you want to run through and do a quick, you know, just like name an album on roll of mentions and then maybe a couple bands that you're looking forward to next year? Um, let me pull up the list I submitted to the alternative because that's, that's the only way I'll remember. Just a sec. <laughs> well, I'll, I guess I'll go first then since I have, I wrote a quick list in the doc, um, but okay. I'll go with... Uh, Foxtel's Querida Iha, which uh, just like Crazy Good Screamo from Connecticut, um, Rose Gold in Us We Trust, uh, which is like, they call themselves art punk. I feel like there's a Touche Amore vibe, maybe a little bit of a date remember somehow. I'm not really sure why I feel okay. that, but I do. Um, Yell Socks, It's Not Forever is just really great. Pop Same. punk emo. Uh, Diva Sweetly in the Living Room, Wacky, Pop, Love It, um, Cold Climate in Decline is just really solid, like, for lack of a better word, angular, edgy rock EP, and um, Perennials, Food for Hornets, uh, they're just kind of like a crazy post-punk-ish band, I don't know, just so much fun, love them. <laughs> yeah. And I guess as far as... Uh, Things I'm looking forward to next year. Spanish love songs for sure. Jelani Say is hopefully coming out with their album. Um, I know there's definitely more, but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> uh, so my honorable mentions, I've got, uh, there's a band called Bugs from Australia. They do a lighthearted, like early 2000s take on a pop punk. They released an album called Self Help earlier this year that's uh, incredible and just narrowly missed being in my top 10. Um, I've also got, there's a band called 500 Miles to Memphis. Um, they do this, shouldn't work, but definitely does blend of bluegrass and pop punk that I can't get enough of. Um, there is an album called Blessed Be the Damned on Paper and Plastic in February, uh, but it just hit streaming services back in October. Um, Webbed Wing released an album called Bike Ride Across the Moon. Uh, if you like what Heart Attack Man's doing, you're going to like what Webwing is doing. Um, it's Taylor from Super Heaven, um, his new band. Um, I've also got Big Nothing. They put an album out called Chris this year. Uh, Yo, uh, it's so that. good. Yeah, yeah, what an incredible record. Um, again, this just narrowly missed being in the top 10. I've listened to it a ton this year. Um, the dual vocals are just incredible. Um, and then I've got. Uh, the band Camino's Try Hard EP, uh, big pop songs that I can't stop listening to, just like undeniably hooky stuff. And uh, I already talked about Northbound Soul Kiss, uh, perfect record start to finish. Um, very excited to dig more into that one as, as we close out the year. Um, bands I'm looking forward to for next year, um, Snarls just signed to Take This to Heart Records. Uh, they're putting out an album next month. Uh, that's incredible. Uh, definitely one you should be keeping your eye out on. Um, and Super Americans poised to make a comeback at some point next year. So I'm really excited to see what those guys do. Um, I love their take on like big 90s pop rock. So that should be fun. Um, okay. Honorable mentions. Uh, Mover Shaker. Um, 
that album's incredible. I've not had enough time with it. Um, right off the bat, though, the first song is one of the best songs put out this entire year. Lashkey is, uh, if you haven't listened to it, go have your goddamn brain blown out of your skull. Because um, that's what's going to happen when you hear it. Uh, nice, Never Better is a great EP. Um, what else? I'm thinking Terrible People, like Clean Air, I really loved. Um, Japanese band, they're great. Um, yeah, we already talked about Downhall, which is someone I had on my list. Um, yeah, that's going to be it off the top of my head for, for honorable mentions. As far as new music next year, um, Dikembe is going to put out a new record next year. Hell yeah. One of my one of my favorite bands and they put out our record for us and have helped us so, so much. And, and, uh, and uh, I'd be lying if I said, I haven't already fucking heard that record and it's going to blow everyone away. I have heard it. It's so, so, so good. Um, and um, I think sincere engineers is set to put out uh, a new album next year. And oh, Ron Bithian so. is uh, the fucking album of the decade in my mind. I, uh, like is like we've been talking about albums that came out in 2019. I listen to Ron Bithian more collectively than any of that uh, still. And it came out two years ago. Um, so that's exciting. New retirement party is going to rock. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of new virginity. I'm excited about that. We're going <laughs> to, we're, we're starting recording next week and Hell we're yeah. talking to another record label. And so, things are moving along awesome okay i'll do my honorable mentions then um a lot of these might be familiar but um i would say uh diva swaley freaking love that record i feel like it came so early in the year and we should just be talking about it still at the end of the year because it was so tightly written um i'll also mention evan greer um she her they them awesome record really great perspective evan is an incredible activist as well as musician um Lisa Prank, uh, put on an awesome record. So did Vagabond, um, Pale Hound. That one was incredible. I will be talking about Pale Hound for honestly, because of what this musician accomplishes. Um, quickly writing off everybody else. Field Mouse, Taco Cat. I loved Scotty Network's comp of covers. That oh, yeah. was yeah, groundbreaking, oh, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah, truly. Um, I'm a huge fan of everything they do, and they cover everything I love. So honestly jeremy forever they they, they played on our they played on our album (laughs) fuck yeah jeremy rules um rosa verdalio's reef walker is super impactful highly recommend um and then uh taina asili put out resiliencia her music is amazing because it tells a lot of personal experiences with culture um she did some really powerful documentaries that go alongside as music videos and she tells a lot of really important stories about um, growing up as somebody with um, Puerto Rican identity and stuff. And it's just crucial songwriting. So definitely one of the most impactful records I heard this year. Um, but uh, as far as looking ahead into 2020, Francis Quinlan. Oh, Honestly, yeah. that solo record is going to probably blow all of our minds. No question. I'm a huge fan of her work and I cannot wait for that record. Um, also, I would say Expert Timing's got an EP they literally just finished recording that I'm stoked as fuck about. Yeah, um, real cool, real quick on that. 
I've, I've heard a little bit of that too. And it's fucking incredible. Yeah. Those three are some of my favorite humans period. They're, Oh my gosh. I love them forever. And so grateful for their friendship and like everything they do. Um, and then I would also shout out black eye. They just announced that they have a record coming out this year. They're really awesome band for like the DC area. If you like kind of that more, um, heavier kind of punk sound, very unapologetically feminist, very fucking loud. Love them. So stay tuned for Bakai. Sick. Um, And I know we've been going super long, but I like to close every episode by asking for just a piece of advice or general, like uh, something you've been thinking about lately um, that you would like to share and then we can wrap it up. Yeah. Who wants to go first on the advice <laughs> column? <laughs> oh, my God. I can go because um, I will give the same answer I gave somebody recently, uh, which is I'm going to – because it's – come on, we're recording right before Star Wars comes out, so I'm just going to go all the way in with it. <laughs> Two pieces of Yoda advice. Do or do not. There is no try, especially when it comes to DIY. Um, you got to commit. You got to put your heart in it, and you can see some really awesome stuff come out of what you care about, period. And then um, – the greatest teacher of failure is don't be afraid to fail at anything you do in life because that's going to be how um, you grow and you learn and you pass on what you've learned. And I feel like I've been sharing a lot of that with myself as well as other people who've been kind of looking to get going whenever it comes to being involved in writing about music, talking about music on a podcast, being involved in the DIY community in any way. So those are the biggest pieces of advice I can offer, especially going to 2020. We're starting a new decade. Don't be afraid to try things and do what you can to grow. It's an awesome time. It's a fresh start. Word. I guess uh, piggybacking off of that, uh, the best piece of advice I can give is just no matter what it's in regards to, just kind of fake it till you make it, baby. Uh, even if it's like self-love uh you know even if, if you don't believe it the more you talk to yourself positively the more you just pretend you have your shit together shit's eventually just gonna fall in line you're it's not gonna happen until you're actively trying to do it um and then the second piece of advice i have is just uh stop pretending you're too cool to listen to the harry styles album listen to the harry styles <laughs> album fine, fine, fine. <laughs> awesome <laughs> That's the best piece. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'll say this, and I'm going to talk about our dumb album again because um, <laughs> because that's that's what I did to learn life lessons this year is is write that album and record it. Uh, I distilled you know six months of figuring myself out into those 25 minutes, and uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this: um, it is okay to self-reflect on things that happened to you when you were younger. And if you find that you are mad about it or find that you've been mistreated, it's okay to have those feelings and those feelings are valid. And um, if somebody hurt you when you were younger, just because it's years later, doesn't mean you don't get to be mad about it. You're allowed to be mad about it. Forgiveness is a virtue, but telling a motherfucker to fuck off is fine too.
Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. 